today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. The Lord will deliver you. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know. No, no, wait, wait, wait. The Lord will. Let me take it a, a step further. He can't not. There's no way that God, consistent with who He is and how good He is, there is no way that God will not deliver you. He will deliver you. When you believe in Jesus and put your faith in Him, you're told in His Word, you'll face suffering. Pastor J.D. today will teach on this difficult truth, but also encourage you with the reminder that God's with you through it all and will deliver you. Even when it doesn't feel like he will, have faith. God's too good to just abandon you. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We are currently in the book of 2 Timothy, and our text today is going to be chapter 3, verses 10 through 13, which is interesting, as I'll mention here in a moment, our text today. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. I'll invite you to turn there and join with me there if you're not there already. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, warning Timothy, really, And by the Holy Spirit in verse 10 says, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, verse 11, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, verse 12, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers verse 13, and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So I want to talk with you today about persecution. Actually, that's not true. I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) But we need to talk about this, right? Specifically, as it relates to the Christian in these last days, which is really the context that Paul is writing to Timothy. These are really Paul's last words to Timothy. He knows he has but a short time. His days are numbered. It's just a matter of time. And so these are his parting words to Timothy, whom he loves so much. He knows he's not going to be there for Timothy. Timothy knows that he's not going to have the Apostle Paul very much longer, so he's warning him. 
He's telling him, he's writing to him, and preparing him for that which is being prepared for him. Persecution. You know, last week, I sensed that, and I always seek the Lord concerning this as we go through the Bible verse by verse, and when we got to verse 9, I just thought, you know, I'm not going to take and tackle verse 10 yet, and now I know why. We just got to verse 9 last week, but beginning here in verse 10, Paul now talks about persecuting Christians, and how that this is what is in store for the Christian. It's uh, not a popular teaching, right? Would you agree? Oh, yay, what's the pastor going to talk about today? Persecution. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I would argue that this is the clarion call concerning a targeted censoring, for lack of a better word, and persecution of Christians exactly as we were told it would be at the time of the end. And again, the prophecy update was just about that. This is the end, and it's evidenced by this. And oh, by the way, spoiler alert, as Paul says here in our text, we'll talk about it in a moment, it's going to get worse. I don't want to hear that. I know you don't want to hear that. But it's going to not only go from bad to worse, it's already went from bad to worse. Would you agree? Enter the text before us today, where the Apostle Paul explicitly warns Timothy about the persecution of those. Now here's a qualifier. It's persecution of those who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus. It's, it's again, a qualification. It's not just broadly, hey, you're a Christian, you're going to be persecuted. Not necessarily. I don't know if it's possible to overstate just how important And timely this is, given what may in fact lie ahead for us as Christians in the days and weeks ahead. If you'll kindly allow me to, I'll expound on two truths. I'll call them life-changing truths. I hope I don't overuse that, but that's what they are. And they are truths that every single one of us must stand on if we're to have any hope of not being shaken to the core by what's coming. Persecution. First one, verses 10 and 11. And again, we talked about this in the prophecy update. And I am keenly aware that this will come off as a firm grasp of the obvious, but I'm hoping you'll hear me out on this. The Lord will deliver you. Oh, I I know, I know, I know. No, no, wait, wait, wait. 
the Lord will. Let me take it a, a step further. He can't not. There's no way that God, consistent with who He is and how good He is, there is no way that God will not deliver you. He will deliver you. I know it doesn't seem like it. I know it doesn't feel like it. (laughs) And it surely does not seem like it. But here, Paul is reminding Timothy of his example. And he specifically refers to the way he lived his life. He was doctrinally sound, despite all that happened to him. And you know what happened to him, right? If you don't, you might want to check out his letters to the Corinthian church. He's very (laughs) detailed in writing about all that he went through, how many times he was shipwrecked, how many times he was beaten, how many times he was stoned. I'm not talking, that word doesn't mean what it means today, but I'm not talking about, whoa, he got, no, it's not that. He was, he was, they in that day would, what a cruel way to, to, to kill someone, right? They take stones and they throw them at you until you are dead. How's that one? How many times they did that to Paul? Notice with me that in these verses he lists nine godly characteristics that not only marked his life, the example of his life, but Also, if you think about it, they were the very reasons that he was persecuted in his life. The reason why he was persecuted is because this is how he lived his life. Let's look at these real quick, just real fast. He starts off with his teaching. Some of your translations render it his doctrine. What does that mean? Oh, (laughs) he was sound. He was solid. The Word of God sound doctrine, first and foremost. In fact, I would suggest that everything else would springboard from that. He was sound doctrinally, his teaching. He knew the Word of God and the God of the Word. And then everything else that follows, all the other eight on this list are a result of that. His way of life. He lived it. Like James says, he wasn't just a hearer or even a preacher and teacher of God's Word. He was a doer. He did it for real. (laughs) He lived by the Word of God. And that's the second one on the list. And the third one, his purpose. The fourth one, his faith. And of course, his faith. Because is that not how faith comes? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. His patience, His love. And then it kind of turns a corner here a little bit. I'm good so far, are you? I'm good with this. Sound doctrine? Yeah, praise the Lord. Preach it, brother. (laughs) 
His way of life, yeah, preach it, that preaches. His purpose, yeah. His faith, yeah, faith. His patience, not so fast. His love, not so much. His endurance, uh-oh. Then we get to his persecution. And then his suffering. Wait a minute, pastor, I didn't sign up for that. Oh yes you did. You know those, uh, speaking of terms of service, <laughs> do you read those? Or do you just click, you know, agree, and then they, now they make you check the box so there's no mistaking that you agree with the terms. It's very, you know, thorough. But have you ever, read, you need about a week to read some of those uh, terms of the service, you know. They, do you know what you're agreeing to when you, you know, sign up? It's not good, and it's getting worse. Basically, you're agreeing to let them take all of your data and give it, sell it. You know, you're the product, right? You know that you're not the consumer or the customer. No, you're the product. Just so have a nice afternoon. <laughs> they take your product, your data, and they sell it. That's the terms of the agreement, that's what you're signing up for. Now why do I use that illustration? Because sadly, many a Christian will make a profession of faith without understanding the terms, counting the cost, knowing what your, you'll forgive me for referring to it this way, knowing what you're signing up for. And you know, I don't fault the well-intentioned would-be Christian. God knows her heart. But I do fault any fellow pastor who, like myself, and I'm not above it, will paint this beautiful, magnificent picture on the canvas of evangelism. Come to Christ and all your problems will go away. Are you kidding me? They have only just begun. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, they, because Jesus took and washed my sins away. Oh, happy day. Enjoy it now. No, I'm serious, because here's what's going to happen. Here's the terms of service. This is what you're signing up for and agreeing to. Persecution. Suffering. Wait a minute, what? Oh yeah, oh and by the way, you're going to pick up your cross daily. I know this is deeply profound, but you know what daily means? Every day. Daily. Pick up your cross, and you die to yourself, and you follow Him. You give up your rights to yourself, because you are not your own. You're bought with a price, under new management, if you will. And you follow Him, and you march to the beat of His drum, and His drum alone. You no longer sit 
on the throne of your life. He does. You no longer call the shots in your life. He does. He's Lord and Savior, right? You ever, you ever made that delineation? Yeah, Jesus is my Savior. Yeah, that's great. Is He your Lord? I, oh, I can hear it now. This is not Lordship salvation. This is called sanctification. When you come to Christ, that's salvation, and that commences the process of sanctification. And oh, by the way, you know Romans eight twenty eight. we love that verse, don't we? Oh, for we know that God works all things together for the good, to them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. Oh my goodness, we sing songs, we quote it, we know it, we love it. What about the next verse? You know what the next verse says, verse 29? It's again a, a scriptural qualifier, if I can call it that, where Paul then goes on to say, this is what it means to be called according to God's purpose. What does it mean, Paul? Oh, it means that God is conforming you, shaping you, making you more like Jesus. Well, that sounds good. Well, wait just a second. Uh, Do you know how he's going to do that? Isaiah tells us it's through the furnace of affliction. I don't want that. <laughs> no, but that's how, that's how He makes you and conforms you into the image of Christ. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. You know how potters make clay in beautiful vessels? upon which they, when they're finished, faithful is He who began that work in you to complete it. The Creator puts His name on His workmanship, poema in the original language, where we get our English word for poem. We're His workmanship. We're His work of art. And when it's finished, whoa, He puts His name on it. It's perfect. The problem is the process. Because see, it starts off as clay in the potter's hands. Have you ever seen a pot? You can go online, watch some videos. The potter takes the clay and he begins by sticking his hand in. He's going to make this beautiful vessel and he takes all of the gook out of it. And then once he's got all of that out, he then takes this clay and he puts it on the wheel. You know, the wheel that spins around at 998 miles per hour. You know what I'm talking about? That's when you are going, Lord, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm refining you. I'm making you more like Jesus. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then as you're spinning around, he takes his hand, the potter, and he's going to start doing some shaping here. And he goes, bam! 
I'm still going around, by the way. But that's what makes the vessel take shape. And then finally, when that wheel stops, <sighs> oh God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. He takes that vessel and he puts it in appropriately named the kiln. You're killing me! The furnace! God, what are you doing? He turns the heat up. Oh, I'm not finished yet. Yeah, God, this is a fiery trial, I know. I'm in the furnace, I know. I'm refining you. Why this way? I, I would much rather, Isaiah said, that instead of choosing the furnace of affliction to refine us, he would have said, I choose the beaches of Hawaii to refine you. <laughs> That's my idea of refining, you know. So refined. <laughs> and tanned, too. Now you're going to get tanned, but it's just going to be in the furnace. That's his purpose. When Paul says his purpose, that's the purpose. All who are called according to his purpose. That's his purpose. So if you're asking yourself the question and inquiring of the Lord as you go through this trial in your life, Lord, what is the purpose of this? That's the answer. I'm making you more like Jesus in the image of my Son, Jesus the Christ. What was Jesus like? Oh, Jesus was humble, meek, patient, loving. Whew. He is love. Jesus was gentle. He was kind. All of those things and by the way, that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's his purpose. I find it interesting that Paul would remind Timothy of the kinds of things that happened to him when he was in Antioch, Iconium, and especially Lystra, because that's where Timothy is from. His mother was Jewish, his father Greek, and that's where the Apostle Paul and Timothy connected the first time. At this point in Paul's life, at the end of his life, it has had to have been more than 14 years. And the reason I say that is because when he writes to the Corinthians, he refers to what many believe happened to him in Lystra in the third person. And he says, 14 years ago, I know of a man. He's speaking of himself. And that's interesting too, isn't it? He didn't say a word to anyone for 14 years about that, what happened to him. It's easy to read the book of 2 Timothy and think it only applies to pastors. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. We always love to hear from our listeners too. If you have a specific prayer request 
or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study in the book of 2 Timothy here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holy.